The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. And George Gilroy is with me now from off the ball. Um, sporting action this weekend. Decent slate of Premier League matches without a standout okay. uh, first versus second no, first versus Liverpool third City like last weekend exactly um, which Arsenal were the winners of Newcastle play Manchester United at 8 o'clock on Saturday evening and it's going to be very interesting to see how Manchester United have recovered from the trauma of their goalkeeper throwing the ball in twice during the week and whether or not he just decides to not pick him you know taking him out of the firing line for his own his own good mm. uh, is one way of dealing with that or you have to back him because you spent so much money on him and you went to bat for him Got to back him. You got to back him because you never recover. But what if? What? Oh, if, it just erodes your confidence. Yeah, but maybe you don't I, want him to play for you anymore. Maybe. Well, sorry. The point if, if, sorry if that's your plan, then absolutely the former. Yeah, because there's a the definition of insanity, and it's like, well, can he? Can you play yourself out of a funk in confidence? I'm not sure as a goalkeeper. I think that every mistake you make gets totally magnified. Teams are now going to be shooting from very far out directly at him thinking well it's 50-50 if it's going to go in or not yeah you know normally you, you hit the ball straight at the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper saves it but now it's like a really good chance that uh, whereas if he put it to his side he seems okay at saving those so I think um, it'll be- yeah but dropping him is just as you say that's just the the first step on the road to getting rid of him because that's the end you of don't it. get you don't you don't recover from your funk whatever about playing through the funk and coming out the other side you definitely don't recover from it by sitting on the bench you're, you're just you're just hitting pause on the funk. It's a fair point. There's always the oh he got a cold or a bit of a virus or a bit of a bit of a legs, as uh, they might say in um, in the GA, and you take him out of the firing line. He goes off to the African Cup of Nations and comes back emboldened yeah. by victory or whatever you know. Um, so it, I I don't suspect he's going to drop him. Okay. However, that game's pretty interesting because that's Saturday night eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I ask about what happened last weekend, sporting wise, and Katie Taylor? Did the did her was her achievement in your mind um, diluted in any way by the involvement of Conor McGregor? I don't think so. I, I don't think I don't think that whenever we come to think about her legacy as a fighter, it's going to be in any way associated okay. with the sponsor of the event. Then let me ask you it a slightly different way. Was your enjoyment of the event in any way, or was your sense of the hype in the in advance of it in any way diluted by the involvement of Conor McGregor? Uh, again, I think that Katie, Katie Taylor sits separately from, like, do you, do so the Rumble in the Jungle right was paid for by one of the great dictators of the world history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does everybody go? Oh, I can't enjoy this fight because you know it's uh, it's sports washing for the um, the butcher of Kinshasa or whatever his, his name yes. is. Like I don't think so. Do you know what I mean? I think that if you're a sports fan and you followed Katie's career, you appreciate the fact that uh, in that fight she gave a tactical masterclass. She gave a, a like a a physical masterclass. She came back. There was a, a period where. Her opponent started to lean on her with both her elbows and kind of, you know, oh, this is it now. It's going to get really... And she manages to fight back and fight her way out of it. So I, I, that, for me, is not in any way tainted um, by the involvement of uh, a, a stout brand. Like, yeah. Do you know, I think um, I think there's a, a different story going on where 
there is a huge cohort of Irish people who still think that Conor McGregor's influence is worth following and his pronouncements are worth following. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. Because I think, I listened to a lot of the commentary over the last 18 months, people don't really seem to take that segment seriously, right? Um, you know, Andrew Tate's not important. Uh, I mean, you're kind of like, well, if, if everybody's following them, if everybody is constantly bombarded in their feeds by this stuff, I, I kind of feel like a lot of the political parties don't fully understand how the algorithms work. Yeah. And I think that if you have somebody at the forefront of this in the middle of the riots saying the things that Conor McGregor was saying, uh, that's very powerful. And I think to just dismiss it as like, oh, it's nonsense and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's not a frippery yeah. at all. It's, well, it's, it's not dissimilar because it came up during the week in the context of Steve Bannon and what's his name? Tucker Carlson. And the reaction from a lot of quarters was kind of just people pouring scorn on it and laughing at these guys. They couldn't pronounce Sinn Féin properly. Um, the point that we were trying to make on air was, you know, I mean, it's easy to laugh at it. You should actually be a little worried about this because there's lots of people who will watch it and they actually believe these guys. And so when they say, listen, you know, the Irish government, it's quite obvious. They don't even debate it. It's actually almost as an aside. The Irish government are obviously just, you know, have been slowly trying to replace their native population with a population of immigrants. And that that's not the topic for discussion. That's just the premise yeah. of the topic. And again, that was the point, like we were and I was trying to make on air was, you know what, the people who are listening to that, they're actually not listening to us no. scoffing at it and laughing at it. And they are sitting at home tonight and they're thinking, you know what, those guys are right. And they're finding networks of like-minded yeah. individuals and those networks are, are growing yeah. and they're finding comfort in each other. And, and uh, like, I don't know if you got down any wormholes over the course of the last week, but it's a very dark place in a way that it wasn't when they had content moderators, um, all sorts of conspiracy theories, as we saw this week, the publication of the wrong person identified and in the in the midst of all this, you've got a really powerful individual who fully understands the power of social media for harnessing and marketing. And like that's you know, just need to be careful that all these things don't get joined up here in in one straight run. Um, and that's like supposed to be one of the best run, most well oiled organizations. In, uh, but do, in do, are we betraying world. our own um, biases by immediately? having these conversations about, you know, Conor McGregor and his role in politics in the future. Like, I, I'm not sure he would, why would Conor McGregor run for office, political office in this country? It would come with absolutely no power. You know what I mean? He would he would just be a kind of a random independent. Now, he, he would use it as a platform, but he would, he would not find himself part of government. You say random independent, right? Not to, uh, not to give anybody any ideas here, but that, um, that, that rump of random independents who are now at polling at about 14%, like if they were to join together in a coalition of the agricultural stuff, the anti-immigration stuff, you don't actually need to be... The, the parish pump politics works for all, enough of them to get elected mm. to a point where they have the balance of power. Yeah, and but, suddenly, yeah but who's Conor McGregor is not going to do that so that he can be a junior minister in the Department of Finance. Well, You know what I mean? Like Conor McGregor wants to... What if he won, wants to be the boss? What if he wins and more seats? He can be the boss outside of politics much more easily. I agree Because with again, that. this is my point about our biases. We, we, think of, we think of how society is shaped to our own kind of middle-class prism, which is Leinster House does it and policymakers do it. And actually, again, it goes back to the Tucker Carlson. I don't, the people who want Conor McGregor 
and and who who follow him, they don't think about. They actually they want society shaped by people outside Leinster House because that's that's just a corrupt kip anyway. And McGregor actually would have much more sway and influence not getting involved in politics and becoming a, almost like a a cultural leader. Uh, that's definitely true, right? Um, and that I suppose is is equally terrifying because where does that go and what are the repercussions? Oh yeah, no uh, sorry, I don't think that's no. better than the uh, political option. I'd much prefer him actually as a junior minister in the Department of Finance. <laughs> he can do an, an awful lot less damage. He will be involved with our next fight, won't he? Whether it's in Crow Park or not. As a sponsor, I've no doubt. So we had Eddie Hearn on the Monday yeah. and I, I was like, I was trying to think, how do, how do you get a different uh, answer to these questions? It's yeah. like, this might cost you money, was essentially the point I was making. Yeah. Because it, there is a backlash. People don't want uh, Katie associated with those tweets from last week and all of the other stuff yeah. that uh, people think. But also about. the people you need on side in terms of the Gardaí and the powers that be in Croke Park. You need them on your side if you want the fight to go happen there as well. And, the and I'd Council imagine they're saying and the government, Eddie Hearn and others, well, we have a problem with this element yeah. of the gig. And and uh, he was like, well, as a business perspective, from a business perspective, we're going to have to think about that. Yeah. But what you don't see is that he gives loads of money to boxers and by all accounts, that's true. I mean, yeah. loads of people have given loads of money to uh, boxers in Ireland in the recent past who we might not have wanted to uh, give any credit for the yeah. fact that they were doing that. So, you know. It's the kind of Hitler's nice to dogs argument. A <laughs> <laughs> perfect internet discussion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everything, everything gets compared to the Nazis. What's that, Godwin's Law? Anyway, Godwin's Law, we got there eventually. Uh, Jerry Gilroy from Off the Ball, thank you very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.